0: Hey 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 everybody. Today for you podcast number 45. Today's podcast is titled The Culture Made Me Do It. Hey, 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 everybody, welcome to this week's edition of your weekly Limitless Life Network podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Lombardi, and this is my beautiful wife, Sandy Lombardi, who is joining me on the podcast again. Again, a lot of raving reviews for Sandy. Uh, She's got some fans out there, and uh, uh, I'm a little jealous. No, just kidding. I'm not jealous at all really excited about that. But anyway, um, I want to take a moment to obviously thank all the listeners that continue to uh, hang in there and listen to our content each and every week. And uh, just the comments that I get, uh, whether it's in the office or out in uh, social settings, uh, we got to run into some friends of ours uh, who we met up with from Florida Mm -hmm. and listening down in Florida. And uh, they really like the podcast. So so I really, uh, really appreciate all the positive feedback and uh, don't feel bad if you don't leave comments. I get it. I mean, not everybody is a big commentator on uh, on social media platforms. That's totally fine. But we do like to see those and uh, also be sure to share. Share with a friend. Sharing is caring, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you want to leave us a review, that also uh, bumps up the algorithm so it uh, gets this on more people's feeds, so to speak. All right, on with the show, right? Mm. Here we go. Uh, today's title I came up with just because we were sitting here trying to figure out a title and it's entitled The Culture Made Me Do It. So anyway, we uh, came up with this topic on a car ride. Uh, last weekend, we were heading out to visit her parents and her brother and uh, and his wife and on the way, uh, we were having a conversation in the car, and Sandy was recently asked to speak to a local group of teens. Um, and the leader of this uh, this group, uh, an adult, was noticing that you know they meet regularly, that these kids are always showing up with what?
1: Candy and caffeinated drinks.
0: And, yeah, a lot of sugar. But, I mean, mm-hmm. that was kind of the topic they wanted you to hit on. Right. Um, she wanted you to speak about... Really, the effects of sugar in, in, in diets and, and how excessive amounts of sugar really isn't great for you. Mm-hmm. And um, and we all like sugar, right? Sugar tastes sweet. And so that uh, could be uh, a difficult challenge for Sandy to be able to talk to these people. But anyway, i um, <laughs> so. I'm
1: laughing because I made Pete, like, reteach me some of the— <laughs> Um, biology behind why sugar is not good for us, and I actually recorded it so I could listen again because I don't know about some of you, but sometimes my recall is a little slow. So
0: yeah, well, we a biology
1: that, lesson in the car ride.
0: That that is a, that is a thing. Uh, slow recall <laughs> could be caused by too much sugar. No, yes. Just <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, we just wrote down a, a bunch of things here today that we see is uh, culturally acceptable. Uh, to to do and, um, and and really a lot of it is related to to diet but not all of it but there's some culturally re- um, uh, thing things that we do culturally that we we just kind of i guess totally accept it and don't really say much about it because well a lot of people do it and you know we're all guilty of it ourselves even at, at times so we don't always want to call somebody out on it but Anyway, topic number one is is sugar. So what what do we want to say about sugar? Uh or the element number one, I guess. So sugar is is obviously something that isn't isn't something you can totally avoid, is it?
1: No. There's sugar in and fruit, and fruit can be a healthy source of sugar in moderation, right? But yes, we're gonna have sugar in, in lots of food categories.
0: Right. And so, what uses the most you know sugar is basically turns into glucose. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned fruit, and fruit is is fructose. So um, what uses a lot of sugar is our brain. Mm-hmm. Our brain uses the most amount of by weight. our brain uses the most amount of glucose and oxygen. So that's that's always good to know. But your brain is really super important. that's why it and it does a lot of things therefore it has to have energy mm-hmm. and it gets its energy from oxygen and glucose
1: i think pete if you could share one of the most valuable tips is how the cells take up the glucose and how as children we can perhaps do that for a period of time and not see any outward um symptoms but as we age we do you know we have, there's a long term effect of that like tonight Uh, Grace jumped right on board and wants to help me with this presentation tomorrow. And she's getting like her organic lollipops out and things that we'll allow her to have. And she's like, well, I could teach them about this and how it doesn't have the food coloring. And um, but she said to me, how come and I'll use just a fictitious name, Sally, who lives nearby, um, can eat all the sugar she wants. And she's strong and uh, healthy and fit. And so we had a discussion on that because. What happens over time, right? Okay,
0: yeah, that's a that's a really good point. So, this is really something I learned from uh, Doctor Janopoulos, and so I got to give him some some credit mm-hmm. here. Um, so it really has to. And I mean, I've un- always understood this uh, these principles, but the way he describes it is really has been really helpful. And we did a full podcast with him, and if you go back into the archives, yeah, you will get mm-hmm. a full on dose of Doctor Janopoulos and him explaining. Um, metabolic health. So uh, you can check that out. But anyway, so it goes like this when, uh, if you were to take all the blood in the human body and drain it out, you'd have a bucket, you know, of so many um, liters of blood. And in that amount of blood, you should never have more than a teaspoon of sugar mm-hmm. in there at any given time. And your body works really hard to basically take that sugar uh, that you eat in your food and always keep you at that teaspoon amount in your bloodstream. So dropping below is not good for us and going above is not good for us. They're both really actually quite a toxic experience. Mm -hmm. So um, as a kid, if you eat a piece of, say, chocolate cake or a big ice cream sundae, right? So 4th of July, I'm going to have a banana split. You know, that sounds delicious, yummy, awesome. And what happens is all of that sugar goes in, into our bloodstream and our body secretes a hormone called insulin. And that insulin unlocks the cells and that sugar goes into the cells of our body in order to keep the blood at no more than a teaspoon of sugar. So it works really hard to do that. And when you're a kid, your cells are very responsive to insulin. And uh, just imagine one molecule of, of insulin taking one molecule of glucose and putting it into the cell. And so what happens over time when we abuse that system and as we get older, our cells tend to be less responsive to the hormone insulin. And so it may take an extra Amount of insulin to push that same molecule of glucose into the cell, if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. So that's called insulin resistance. It's extremely common in the adult population, but unfortunately, we're seeing it younger and younger and younger because of this overutilization of sugar. Mm-hmm. So we can't
1: back. spend, we could spend an hour just on this one topic, but. Uh, from a lot of the relationships I have in working with women, um, so many of their hormonal um, health issues, I believe, are very much related to the abuse and addiction to sugar over many, many years.
0: Yeah. And and again, something I got to credit Dr. G with explaining is that a lot of women are super concerned about their hormones and they want to have them tested. Um, but the low-hanging fruit, as he would say, is the blood sugar story. Mm -hmm. Because when you think of hormones, what is the most important hormone in the body? uh, You know, there's only a couple of them that are considered to be paramount. One is insulin. Another one is adrenaline, (laughs) okay? Mm -hmm. So insulin is a primary hormone. It is way more important than our reproductive hormones, the hormones that we use for reproduction. Because if your blood sugar is not handled correctly, then the others are going to suffer. And that's why getting blood sugar under control is the first step for mm-hmm. anyone that's having uh, hormonal challenges. Yeah. So. Good. Yeah. Is that helpful? So that's sugar. That <laughs> is that is the number one thing that I, I would say that is culturally acceptable to do, and that is to consume lots of sugar, mm-hmm. especially for kids how do we celebrate parties right you know every birthday's got to have what
1: uh, cake and ice cream right? yeah
0: exactly and <laughs> and holidays you know yeah there's always a sugar uh, associated with that and it's kind of part of the culture so it's it's not um it's not against the rules to to go against the grain mm-hmm. you know and i mean that's that's to me where freedom really exists is when you make an informed decision and you just do what you believe to be right. So, all right, what's number two? Caffeine. Caffeine. <laughs> so what is caffeine? Caffeine is a... Stimulant. It's a stimulant, and uh, it can also be considered a drug, mm-hmm. right? So caffeine's a stimulant, and where do we find caffeine? What are some common air, common places we find caffeine?
1: Coffees, teas, um, now they have energy drinks, right?
0: Yeah, coffee, um, tea, soda, mm-hmm. energy drinks. So if you go to a restaurant, what's a common thing they offer you to have for a beverage? Soda. Yeah, soda. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, we have Pepsi products, you know, or we have Coca Cola products. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. Um, anyway, caffeine. What does caffeine cause? Well, caffeine causes an increase in your heart rate. It causes an increase in in blood pressure um there are some mild benefits to caffeine, mm-hmm. um, but excessive amounts are are not good for us it's uh, it's rough on our kidneys um, and it can also it's rough, it can be bad for your heart. I mean if you take enough caffeine it could kill you right Yeah so um, it is a drug. So it's it's used oftentimes uh, to, Kind of pick people up, right? Uh, studying for a test, right? I got to pull an all-nighter. What are we going to drink? Caffeine, yeah. right?
1: And I think we all know this, but more and more younger and younger are consuming caffeine. Like when we were, I don't know, when was the first time you ever had a coffee? Probably chiropractic college, maybe undergrad, but, you know, and certainly not when you I actually you were, I had it in high
0: school. My, my, I think my, I think I started trying coffee my senior year of high school. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I've seen some people give coffee to, you know, 11, 12-year-olds thinking, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, pick one up at Dunkin' Donuts and don't realize that they're causing that craving and addiction for that at a very young age.
0: Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the other thing about any type of drug is that when you don't have it, what happens? Well, your brain is actually wired uh, to crave it. Um, so we have this, uh, this uh, chemical that our brain makes called dopamine, and that gives us our, a feeling of, of well-being. And when we think about something, there's a certain release of dopamine, and that is like the initiator to make you want to go get it. And you guys have all had this. For whatever, whatever cravings you've ever had, that's because there's been a surge of dopamine, and then you go get it, and then say you consume it, and then there is a, another release of dopamine. And the question is, was that the consumption of that, the reward, was that satisfying enough? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes there's this mismatch with I crave it so much, I crave it so much, and then I go get it and it's just not that good. Mm-hmm. Um, and other times it's it's exceptional and that just leads you down this road of wanting it more and more and more.
1: Right.
0: So – well,
1: both sugar and caffeine, both very addictive. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. So, two very addictive things. So,
1: and I would encourage, like, I know I've gotten where I love uh, chai tea latte. You can thank the blue line up in Inlet for that. Uh, my <laughs> favorite. <laughs> I never liked coffee, but now I've tried that and it's just delicious. And I actually looked up the amount of um, sugar in um, a chai tea latte and uh, it was like twenty eight grams of sugar
0: I'm oh, like. so yeah. that's why you so like those <laughs> I think uh
1: it's good to look at that because yeah. you think twice about getting one,
0: yeah, yeah. I just stick with a black coffee,
1: good, wow. which has
0: caffeine though, right right, so, right. but we just try to stick to that one per day so mm-hmm. that we were not getting too much caffeine, right. okay, so uh point number three is what alcohol alcohol, okay. So we all know that alcohol is not good for us. Everybody knows that's also considered a drug, mm-hmm. right? And but there are times when it's, con, you know, culturally acceptable to have a drink. Yes, mm-hmm. you go to, especially in adults, you go to a party of some some nature or some some event, and there are alcoholic beverages there, and uh, you may choose to have a drink or two, or maybe three or four. Who knows? Who knows? Um, not passing judgment here, but again, it's culturally acceptable. But again, when we swallow this stuff down, what does our innate biology do with it? Well, it has to do something with it, right? Mm-hmm. You don't—it just doesn't go in and go nowhere. It gets absorbed into our bloodstream. Our liver has to do something with it, and it has to detoxify the alcohol. And if you knew anything about chemistry, alcohols end in an OH group. And in order for it to break down, it needs to get another hydrogen. So it takes it from the water in your body. And what ends up happening is that you – it causes you to go to the bathroom. cause you to pee, right? Mm -hmm. And and then over time, it actually is a dehydrating process. And if anybody's ever drank too much and wake up the next day and you notice that, wow, your mouth is dry and you're really thirsty – and it's because your your body had to detoxify during the night and so it's a stress on the liver it's a stress on the kidneys it's a stress on the brain mm-hmm. so all of these things they're culturally acceptable but yet they are a stress on our 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 biology our own body so mm-hmm. the question is why do we do them yeah yeah
1: are we listening to culture or are we listening to our innate you know and what's going to be Feeding and healthy for our body.
0: Right. So that's that's really kind of what the whole podcast is about is like how can we best support our innate biology? And -hmm. and these are culturally acceptable things and yet, um, you know, oftentimes they're not supporting our innate biology. Um, What's point number four? Sleep. Oh, wow. Really? How is sleep bad for us? It's not. It's actually good for us. <laughs> so, um, so
1: that's the flip side. That's listening to your innate and taking that nap if you're tired rather than a caffeinated drink, right?
0: Right. And honestly, there, there's, a, there's a couple of biohacks out there that are very inexpensive to do that have a huge impact on your health. This is one of them. Sleep. Getting good quality, restful sleep eight hours a night is a biohack in my world Mm -hmm. because there's not much that can do more benefit for you than that. Right. And the challenge is, though, is that culturally what's acceptable is burning the midnight oil. What's acceptable? Oh, I only need six hours of sleep. I'm fine on six hours. I I know some people that tell me that they they only get four hours of sleep and they do fine with that. Just because you're surviving Mm -hmm. doesn't mean your body is thriving. During our sleep, our brain literally detoxifies itself and it downloads uh, into our memory banks. Uh, Our long-term memory uh, will gather data and then 90% of the information we saw during a day is discarded. During during sleep, which is amazing, but that's why you forget a lot of things. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, and wouldn't you say the first three—sugar, caffeine, and alcohol—all of those will affect our ability to have proper sleep.
0: Absolutely, hundred percent. Sugar, caffeine, and alcohol will all disturb your sleep, and it will it will cause a, a detriment to the quality of your sleep. Um, oftentimes people will have a drink, an alcoholic beverage right before bed because it helps them to fall asleep. But unfortunately what they're doing is they're, they're taxing their body while they're sleeping. Mm -hmm. And this is often why if you have a drink before bed, an alcoholic drink, you will wake up oftentimes more tired because your body's detoxifying during your restful hours. So, um, Sleep is super, super important, and if you could do one thing to improve your health, get better sleep is one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, point number five. This is this is totally off the hook, but it's super common.
1: Uh, pain treatment. We picked. I'm going to give a little backstory on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Want to give a backstory? <laughs> um, I, I, I guess because I I meet and talk with. A lot of people that are suffering from pain, um, they are constantly reaching for things to take to mitigate their pain, whether it's painkillers, whether it's injections of some sort. Um, But the comment that I hear all the time is, well, I was in a lot of pain. I had to do something. And my question is, is do we really have to do something? Do we really have to do something? And this goes to um, a book I'm reading right now, which is called The Comfort Crisis. (laughs) We as a culture are very, very ingrained in thinking that we have to be comfortable all the time. Um, What is the purpose of pain? Do you know what the purpose of pain is?
1: It's to alert us that there's a Something wrong, and that we should listen to the pain and maybe stop doing certain action or activity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, there's a novel idea. Yeah. It's your body's actually trying to tell you something. Right. And we're supposed to listen to our body.
1: Well, and unfortunately, our son um, kind of learned this at college and he's had some back pain from lifting weights with improper form. And when it flares up, he'll grab now some type of anti-inflammatory to take away the pain and discomfort and then just keep going about his day. And that's exactly what he shouldn't be doing because he's just continuing to aggravate the injury because the pain's not there. So.
0: Now, culturally, there will be people that argue with that point. Why shouldn't he take an anti-inflammatory? Why shouldn't he take an anti-inflammatory if he's in pain and it, and it allows him to go about his day without pain? Why is that bad?
1: Well, it's inhibiting the body's own ability to, right?
0: To heal. heal. Right. So uh, many people hear about inflammation. There's good inflammation, there's bad inflammation. So inflammation is required for our bodies to repair. You have to have some level of inflammation for repair to take place because your blood has to carry in the cells that are going to clean up damaged tissue, and it's also got to carry... In the in the cells that are going to knit the tissues back together, so that is super important. But we are really big on these anti inflammatories these days because they work; mm-hmm. they make you feel better, um, but it it leads to a very poor repair process, right. um, and then you end up just constantly using them over and over again. Um, so, yeah. Not good. Pain serves a purpose mm-hmm. and culturally very acceptable in our culture to treat pain. Um, yeah. And I, but here I, I'm going to be turning 53. I'm not bragging here, baking it to 53, but the only pain medication I've ever taken was when I had surgery on my arm and they gave me pain medication. And I, I think I took three. Mm -hmm. of them in the time. I mean, they drilled a hole through the bone in my arm. So, I mean, I I, I made it through it. So it's not like it's going to – pain is not something that's going to kill you. Um, But, again, I'm not saying never take a painkiller, right? So uh, it it would be like saying I'm glad that I had it at that moment. It it definitely took the edge off and that was enough. So
1: We're just suggesting to listen to your body and let your body – Provide the healing if it can.
0: Right? At, at, yeah. Well, it's, it can. Right. It does. provide Well, there's the
1: situations where you needed intervention.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. But in most cases, yes, right. you can. Um, the other purpose of pain is to prevent you from hurting yourself worse. Mm-hmm. And that's oftentimes what I see happen to people is that they do take pain medications or they take, um, you know, some something to try to mitigate pain, and then they go right back to the activity. That created the problem in the first place, instead of listening to their body and saying, hey, I'm not going to push it any further. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, culturally, we want to, you know, we want to go to work. We want to maybe continue doing, uh, you know, a workout or something or fighting through something. So we'll just swallow one of these things. And ultimately, we're sabotaging ourselves in the process. Not to mention, when you swallow that down, where does it go? liver or yeah it goes to your liver, liver. Yeah. it goes to where else
1: your bloodstream <laughs> yeah oh, it goes to your bloodstream
0: right? so it goes everywhere, everywhere throughout mm-hmm. your body it doesn't have a gps that goes to just one location where you're having pain right right it goes everywhere so think about the chemical toxicity that that exists there so again culturally people probably don't like to hear that right but from uh, the truth standpoint this is how your body works you know, from your innate biology. So, okay. anything else you want to hit today? No, we've kept them
1: on a while today. Okay, so
0: yeah, we carried on for quite a bit, and uh, I hope this was helpful and encouraging. You know, you may not be able to fix all of these things all at once, mm. but just to you know, become more mindful of it, become more aware of it, and um, and just consider why you do what you do.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but that's all we have for this week's edition of your weekly. Limitless Life Network podcast. Stay tuned each and every week so that you can stay connected and be inspired and keep moving toward your best life by stripping away all of your limitations. Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July.